0: When we look around at all these financial curves they're ugly they're awful they're heavily inverted and that sounds really bad but then we look around at some of the macroeconomic data and and circumstances and we think well it doesn't seem all that bad maybe some of the data looks a little bit iffy but it hardly seems in keeping with what the financial markets are telling us i mean just look at what the data we got this week yesterday united states we got retail sales which was I mean, it was down a little bit in November after a big jump in October. So maybe that's not good because November is the holiday season. But it doesn't look like things are falling apart. Industrial production was off a little bit. And again, the data looks questionable, iffy, hardly atrocious, hardly the type of data that would be consistent with the utter ugliness pictured in curves. And that's the thing. Whenever we go through these cycles, and we go through these cycles almost exactly every time, at first it seems like there's nothing really big going on. And even when you look at the curves themselves, you can talk yourself into into thinking, well, this is not a big deal either. Even the um, euro-dollar futures curve, which is ridiculously more inverted than we've ever seen it, on the surface, taken literally it doesn't sound all that bad. It's Euro dollar futures say that interest rates might get up to around a little bit over 5% and then they'll come down a bit to around 3%. If we take the curve literally, that doesn't seem all that bad either. Are we making way too much out of maybe nothing? No. As I said, these cycles repeat. You can't take these curves. Literally they're telling you something else entirely. And most of all, The data does look ambiguous before it clobbers you over the head. And if you're listening to the policymakers or the official interpretation of the data, you will be blindsided by what follows. We have to separate all of these things out and then put them together in the right order in order to truly understand what is unfolding. Now, I'm Jeff, this is Yoridala University. Thank you as always for joining me. If you're interested, we have a pre-holiday end of 2022, before 2023 gets awful sale at Markets Insider Pro. We have a research bundle, My Daily Briefing along with Steven Van Meter's Momentum Timer Pro, Tracy Shukart's Energy and Materials reports, which are incredibly valuable for energy and materials. All of that on sale, Markets Insider Pro, where you can also save on some of the other products that we offer at Eurodollar University, including my deep dive analysis, which is also daily. It's at the Eurodollar University website. And memberships, you can also save when you bundle the memberships with the deep dive analysis. In fact, the sale that we're running, you basically get the membership for free when you sign up for the deep dive analysis. All the information available, eurodollar.university. Now we talked about this before in a recent video. This was the uh, October, November 2007 experience, which was eerily familiar to how things are playing out. And if you know your economic, financial, and monetary history, it doesn't just eerily familiar with 2007. As I said in the introduction, this happens every single time we go through this. So I'm going to flash some quotes on the screen here from those November October 2007 FOMC meeting so you can understand and appreciate, again, reminder of what was going on back then. Same setup as we see today. Curves were inverted. Policymakers were puzzled why the markets were so, in, so emphatic that uh, interest rates were going to go lower because the economy was going to weaken. They thought things were fine. The data looked relatively okay. And then, bam seemingly out of nowhere it didn't look okay in a matter of just weeks the great recession would begin and for most people this was unexpected when in fact it was not unexpected not only because of what markets were doing and what curves actually told everybody in the lead up to the 2007-2008 crisis and massive recession we'd also been through this just seven years earlier now, the recession obviously wasn't to the same degree, nor was the same sort of monetary disruption as in 2007-2008. But again, the pattern repeated near exactly. So this we're going to go back to the year 2000 today. And in the year 2000, of course, we had the dot-com bubble, which markets started to tease out before it even peaked. This probably wasn't going to end well. So the yield curve inverted all the way back in late January of 2000. uh, The five year, 10 year spread started to go negative, which is, that's usually a key warning sign right there. And then the 210 spread followed just a couple days later in early February, 2000. So already the markets were saying, as stocks were still going up toward their absolute epic peak, this is probably not gonna end well. Not just for the stock market, but more so The economic fallout when it all falls apart. Now the euro dollar futures curve also inverted around february january february of 2000 as it normally does that inversion starts way down the curve at the time it was a small inversion just a couple basis points between the december 2001 and march 2002 contracts. That was not the market saying that we expect a recession or some modest cutting of interest rates In early part of 2002, that was the marketplace beginning to hedge for the dot-com bust in the way that the curves always get hedged, which is if you're not really sure about how things are going to play out, you start hedging down the road in some of the cheaper contracts. Further down the curve, you make a small bet, small hedges for interest rates going down. You don't make too much of it until things start to get more and more serious, which they would throughout the rest of of that year. So the yield curve inversion would explode in the middle of the year. Eurodollar futures were kind of modest about inversion until we get to August and September of 2000 and by August and September 2000 the inversion had crept up as it normally does as more and more participants in the market fear the consequences for what's going on in that case the dot-com bubble coming the dot-com bust and to begin to to hedge more seriously, not just in the further out contracts, but closer and closer in. So when we look at what the curves are saying, we don't take them literally. So by by the time we get to September of 2000, September 5th of 2000, the inversion had moved up to almost the very front. And it was 11 basis, just 11 basis points. Back then it was a lot. 11 basis points between the December 2000 contract and the June 2001. Now, by the time we get to November 15th, which was when the FOMC was meeting, that inversion had spread to the from the December 2000 contract to the September 2001 contract. And the inversion was now 40 basis points. So from 11 basis points early September to 40 basis points by the time we get to November. And if we take that literally, that doesn't sound all that bad either because it sounds like the market is saying, well, The Fed raised rates earlier in the year, maybe they're gonna have to cut an additional quarter basis, a quarter point uh, rate cut in 2001 sometime. So that that doesn't sound all that bad. But that's not what the market was saying. You don't take the curve literally. What the market was saying is that between August and September and then November, the situation had deteriorated substantially that more and more people were willing to hedge for lower and lower rates. Because you have to remember, In the marketplace, there's always this tug of war going on. There is plenty of participants in the market who are more than willing to stake everything on the Fed, on the mainstream interpretation that is floating around in the media. So there are always those who are saying the Fed thought interest rates have to go higher because inflation is their biggest problem, which is exactly what they said in not just 2007, but also in uh, the year 2000. So there are plenty of people who are, don't want to fight the Fed and are willing to bet in the Euro dollar futures market in that way. So they're definitely not going to be concerned about lower interest rate. They're more concerned about higher interest rates. So they're going to be selling euro dollar futures. And then there are people on the opposite side of the market and plenty of people in between. But those on the opposite side of the market are saying, no, the Fed is just wrong. Look at all this. We're talking to our contacts in the in, in the real economy, and they're telling us. The data might look fine, but everything is not fine in the economy. So I don't care about what all those people are saying in the media. I need to hedge more and more and more. And so there's this tug of war always going on. Those betting on the Fed this way and those betting against the Fed this way. And what happens? The market comes out somewhere in between. But... As more people realize one direction or the other is the correct way or the correct interpretation, the curve will bend in either direction. So if, if the Fed really was right, then more participants in the market would be selling Eurodollar futures, thinking the Alan Greenspan's gonna have to raise rates and we would see the curve steepen and move up. But as more people start to realize the Fed is wrong and that the contacts inside the economy are correct, that things are deteriorating, the curve begins to bend in the opposite direction. In this case, inversion, which is a serious distortion in the fundamental properties of how money and curves are supposed to work. It takes a lot to distort a curve. So if a curve is distorted by 40 basis points, you don't look at that and say, that's just a quarter point rate cut, maybe two. What you say is, oh my God, There are more people in the market that are seriously concerned about the way things are going than there are who are willing to bet on the Fed. The the balance of probabilities, the balance in the marketplace has moved in the wrong direction. And so we interpret that through the lens of probability distributions, which means it's not that the market is expecting a single quarter point rate cut, is that the probability is that there's going to be more rate cuts because those who are hedging against the Fed are likely hedging very seriously against the Fed. They're not thinking it'll be a a single quarter point rate cut. They're thinking that things are going to go way down. And so it's a balance and it's always this tug of war. So you never want to take the curves literally. The more inverted the curves become, the more you know there are more people in the market who are taking that side of the trade. At the same time, there are fewer who are willing to bet on the Fed side of the trade the balance of opinion, the discounting in the market shifts in one direction or the other. Now, it always changes through time, but in these situations, you can see it always starts out with a little bit of a fear way down the road, and then the curve inversion moves forward and deeper and forward and deeper as the market begins to realize the situation is not the way that policymakers believe it to be. And then, of course, policymakers then feed through what what the public opinion is because where does the financial media get all of its uh, interpretation about the economy from these clueless bureaucrats at the Fed and they really are clueless not only did I show you the 2007 late 2007 discussion let's do the November 2000 discussion here this is November 15th of 2000 the FOMC meets Curves are more and more vehement that things are going wrong. Policymakers are equally steadfast that no way. In fact, as we'll see, they were more concerned about inflation continuing to go up. Uh, William Poole, first up, big player in the 2007 or the, the November October 2007 story. Here he is in uh, November of 2000, the St. Louis Fed president. What strikes me is this pervasive sense developing in the market that there's going to be a policy easing ahead. Again. The market said balance of, balance of opinions, balance of perceptions, rates were likely to go lower because things were deteriorating when the policymakers said the data doesn't look all that bad. As Dave Stockton reported, in terms of the discrepancy between our forecast assumption for the Fed funds rate and the market's forecast, obviously there, meaning the market, is looking for some combination of of either greater economic weakness than we are expecting going forward, or a more rapid response by the committee. Again, the market was saying one thing when policymakers were puzzled by that. They thought, "No inflation, the economy's fine. What does the market think? Bunch of Cassandras worried about something that that uh, worried about weakness that that they can't possibly see." Um, Chairman Greenspan, the maestro, and I say that sarcastically for good reason. Um, again, he was far more concerned about inflation, but here's the thing that always happens in these situations. As in 2007 or today, they can all see that the economy has slowed down. And so the difference of opinion here is on what that slowdown actually means. As Chairman Greenspan said in November 2000, all in all, I think that we have, as all of you have said, a combination of the potential persistence of significant inflationary pressures and an unquestioned increase in overall signs of weakness. In other words, my judgment, and I guess I agree with almost everybody else, is that it would be premature to move to a balanced risk statement. What he was saying is that we, our preconceived, predetermined position is that inflation is the greatest risk. And so in the the parlance of the FOMC, Risks were balanced toward inflation. Now, they could see the economy weakening, as anyone could, but they didn't believe it was substantial. They didn't believe it was any more than just a temporary slowdown and that they didn't want to rebalance risk toward that economic side. They wanted to maintain their stance that they're more concerned about inflation because they didn't believe, unlike the market, that there was anything wrong with the economy. And this was despite the fact that even the inflation data itself all of it was beginning to say no. Inflation had peaked too. Not only do we have a slowdown, there really isn't any reason to believe inflation risks are any higher than they were. In fact, they're materially less. Again, don't take my word for it. Here's Alan Greenspan, November of 2000. On the inflation front, we have some very funny numbers. Now they're funny just to you because you have a preconceived, uh, pre-prejudged position. Inflation expectations, even granted the significant rise in energy costs, have not moved. The TIPS implied inflation rate on 10-year issues is about where it was two or three months ago, and if anything, is lower. The University of Michigan survey results, after a slight increase last month, have come back down. The current data are somewhat difficult to read. No, maestro, they're not difficult to read. You are allowing your bias to color your interpretation which happens all the time. Instead of of listening to the marketplace and thinking there are serious problems going on here, policymakers instead decided they were going to listen to their own econometric models, their own interpretations, their own cluelessness about the way the situation was unfolding. And in a matter of weeks, the Fed would be cutting rates Just like the market said. And it wasn't just a single basis point or single quarter point rate cut. That was just the beginning. In January, the very start of January 2001, the Fed began a long series of rate cuts within a couple months thereafter, the dot com recession. So, just like 2007, the Fed said, We're not cutting rates anymore. We're not cutting rates at all. Everything's fine. We're more concerned about inflation. And then, bam. It's as if the bottom fell out on all of them. Unexpected recession, but it was never unexpected. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. And they don't take heed of these marketplace warnings when the markets are giving them all the information that they need. Again, understanding we don't take these curves literally and filter them through the lens of probability distributions. It is a powerful way to sort out what the what might look like ambiguous data is actually telling you because, in the from the from the filter of market curves, we can see that the slowdown wasn't really a slowdown, it was the transit transition phase between expansion into something much worse, which was recession in 2001. It was a mild dot com recession. Inversions got much heavier in 2006 and 2007. Great recession followed there. And now we have inversions that are even heavier, even though the data today still looks relatively decent. It's a little questionable, a little iffy. And as everybody is willing to admit, even on a policymaker level, even in the financial media, The economy has slowed down a bit. We're willing to admit that the economy slowed down a little bit. But what does that actually mean? Well, it means exactly the same thing this time as it did before. The markets are not projecting a couple couple points of rate cuts going from 5% down to 3% in a couple years. That is the tug of war being played out in a very serious fashion where there are still those who are willing to bet on inflation, there are still those who are willing to bet on the hawkishness of the, of the Federal Reserve, but far, far more are saying, oh no, this sucker's going down and it's going down hard, even if we can't see it right at this moment. Though I will say, and we'll end today, the data that we got, the part that we can't see, yeah, it's becoming a little bit, we're starting to see all of the data begin to further align with market curves and that interpretation, which suggests for the umpteenth time, policymakers have no idea what the hell they're talking about when it comes to the economy. I'm Jeff, this is Yuridala University. Thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you as always to Yuridala University members, as well as the research product subscribers. Again, there's a sale going on at Markets Insider Pro. Check that out if you want appreciate it uh, uh, as always and until next time take care